Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Indiana Pacers get a shot at the in-season tournament title against LeBron James and the Lakers. We're going to talk about the two teams that made it to the IST title game. We're going to talk about the two teams that lost in the semifinals. What is going on with the Milwaukee Bucks and what is going on with Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans? Should the IST champion hoist a banner? We get into all of that next here on the latest edition of This League Uncut. Welcome to This League Uncut. In the world of 24-hour NBA news, this news you lose. Chris Haynes, it's go time. Mark Stein, it's showtime. Boom shakalaka. This League Uncut is underway and on fire. This should be a good one. Everyone, welcome in to the latest edition of This League Uncut. It's a jealousy-tinged edition of This League Uncut because we are taping this on Friday evening. It's still afternoon time in the desert where Chris Haynes is. Yes, Chris Haynes is at the in-season tournament. He got to see both games Thursday Saw him all over NBA TV on Friday. He'll be there Saturday when the Pacers and the Lakers play for the first IST crown. I am jealous because I am not there. I hate missing out on Vegas, but due to a number of reasons that I don't want to bore you with, despite our best attempts to reunite in Vegas like we did in in July when we did a live edition of this podcast with Lakers coach Darvin Ham at a very well-known sports book on the strip. We couldn't quite make that happen this time. It's my fault. That's my 
Those are that's supposed to be my department. I couldn't get it done, and so Haynes is there amid all the glitz and glamour, and I'm just fifteen hundred miles away. Nah, not fifteen hundred. I'm a, I'm a thousand plus miles away, and uh, very envious, very envious. But so you felt the need, style, style. You felt the need to correct yourself right there. Uh, you went from fifteen hundred miles away to a thousand, as if anybody would have called you out on that. I just like to, I have to be accurate at all times. I mean, it's <laughs> Dallas to Vegas is not 1500 miles. Dallas to Dallas to Cali or Dallas to New York is, you know, in the 1500 okay. ballpark, but it's more like it's a thousand plus. Okay. All just right. Try, I, just, I think, I think it would have been fine, but just, okay, just striving for accuracy. How is, <laughs> how is the strip treating you? Rub it in. Tell me what's going on. How's it been so far? Well, this is, you said it that the Vegas is the desert. And I don't know what desert is 50 degrees. It's cold, Stein. You know, I've never been to Vegas and it's been this cold. This is a first. I I haven't been on the strip. I haven't walked. The only time I've walked, I've walked a few times back and forth um, to the arena. I'm staying at the Aria and the hotel is like a block away. It's about a seven minute walk, if that. So I, I've been doing that, but Stein, it's cold, man. Cold it's Vegas cold. is wonderful. How could what you like it better when it's a, a hundred and ten? I mean, what's wrong? You th- throw on a fancy TNT jacket and you're good. I didn't bring a jacket. Um, I didn't bring. I have one sweater. I have a hood, hooded sweater, but it, it doesn't go with all my outfits, so I can't be wearing it all the time. But no, Stein. I mean, this is this is the desert, right? So in December, I expected to be seventy five plus. Give me seventy five to eighty, eighty five. Get that, that that sounds about right. It's, no, if Vegas it's, if can get desert, cold, but man, cold Vegas, like I said, cold Vegas sounds wonderful nah, to me. I'm not feeling it. And then the arena, Stein, T-Mobile Arena, it is super cold in that arena, super cold. You know, they, they got that ice under there for, for hockey, man. So, uh, God, I hate freezing. I hate freezing. But, look, I'm in Vegas. I'm enjoying getting to see my comrades out here. Miss you out here, Stein. But uh, It sounds like a yeah, big media – contingent is on the scene you know what i wouldn't say no i wouldn't i wouldn't call it big it's not that it's not that it's not that many you know i i would probably say there's probably the same amount of foreign media here uh, than american media i would say it's probably more foreign media than american media there's not there's not a large contingency here stein hmm it's not. I got um, some bad info, apparently. Yeah, well, it doesn't, from, from my eye, you know, from the naked eye, it doesn't look that way. Well, look, before we get into the Pacers and the Lakers, and of course, we're going to talk about the Bucks and the Pelicans too, before we get into all that, just tell me your impressions of being in the building last night. Again, we're taping this Friday, almost 7 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, it was last night, you know, the, the Bucks, especially that Bucks Pacers game, 5 p.m. Eastern tip-off, 2 p.m. local tip-off. And I can't imagine that a slew of Bucks and or Pacers fans made their way from the Midwest all the way to Vegas on short notice. So I saw Damian Lillard said something like neutral was a good word because it had a neutral atmosphere in there. I mean what was the noise like noise uh I, the pa announcer was making a lot of noise 
<laughs> he, he probably made the most noise, you know, during that Pacers Bucks game. There was a lot of seats available. I say that you could have grabbed the seat last minute and probably had you a really good seat. A lot of seats available for that two o'clock local time um, start uh, between the Pacers and Bucks. Uh, the wasn't really an atmosphere. Um, there wasn't really a Pacers fan contingent or Bucks fans contingent. You know, obviously there were some of those fans there, but nah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was it was neutral, but it it, it didn't have much of an atmosphere. Really, it was a good it, game it was, though. So I, I mean, it looks like it didn't have any real impact on the game. Yeah, well, the the players are playing hard because everybody's trying to get that money. So you know, the the product didn't suffer. Um, but that was my concern starting a, having a two o'clock game start at, um, start on a set on a Thursday. Um, so that was my, my, my baby, excuse me, Stein, my baby, she is FaceTiming me right now. Jada, can I call you back, baby? Your hair looks nice. I love you, baby. That, that was, that, you, you hear my daughter Stein? She said, hi, Mark Stein. <laughs> I said, Oh, he said bye. My bad. Okay. Bye-bye, baby. Love you. That, that's my third um, youngest daughter right there. She is 13. She just got a new hairdo. So she FaceTime me right now. Avid pod listener. Yes, big listener. Subscribes and everything to this league uncut. Uh, but that's, yeah, Stein. So she was showing me her hair, her new hairdo. But Stein, yeah, it was like, it was, you know, it wasn't really an atmosphere. Now the 6 o'clock game, the 6.30 game or whatever it was, Lakers, Pelicans, definitely Lakers fans all in the building. Much The arena was much more packed, much more of an atmosphere and environment. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a, a more competitive game. But, yeah, it was night and day when you're talking about the, the atmosphere and the environment from the 2 o'clock game to the 6 o'clock game. Well, I think we knew that was going to happen. Vegas, of course, well-known as a Laker town. So we knew – there were going to be no issues in the night game. And look, the league, honestly, to me, has gotten everything it could have hoped for with this championship game matchup Saturday night. Because the Pacers, and you know, you've had to hear these lectures from me about how the league is trying to make this, you know, the league has used soccer tournaments abroad as the guide for this, but there are so few soccer elements to it and that's something that that has bothered me from the start but this is the indiana pacers have made a classic soccer cup run exactly what the nba would have hoped because you know they're beating boston in the quarterfinals at home they're beating milwaukee in the semifinals in vegas if it's a seven game series the pacers are obviously not going to be favored against either one of those teams. And you'd struggle to imagine a scenario where the Pacers won a, a seven-game series against the Celtics or the Bucks. But this is supposed to be a knockout competition, a cup competition. Mama said knock you out. And that's what the Pacers have done. They're 6-0 and in these knockout. You know, they went 4-0 and in the group. They won their two knockout games. They beat two of the Eastern Conference powers in Milwaukee and Boston. And that is what's supposed to happen in a cup. Those are the kind of magical things where a team gets hot and catches fire and 
goes farther than it normally might have because they've only got to win. You know, anybody can beat anybody in one game. And then on the other side of it, it's the Lakers. And of course, this is the NBA's dream. This is what Adam Silver wanted. Unfortunately, it comes with the assist of a very disputed ending in the quarterfinals against Phoenix when a call was clearly missed and the Lakers got a timeout they shouldn't have. But obviously, the Lakers left no doubt with the way they destroyed New Orleans in the semis. And LeBron James is on the final stage. And, you know, for the league office, that is huge beyond words because, again, you've got the Cinderella Pacers on one side and you've got LeBron to attract the national TV audience and legitimize this thing because. He clearly wants to win it. It's something that means something to him. So honestly, to me, uh, the NBA couldn't have drawn it up better had they tried. Although, again, there will be cynics out there who who, who will point to the way that Lakers-Suns game ended and say that you know the league uh, the league did have a role here. Although, look, I'm 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 by no means suggesting that there was league intervention. Uh, it, it was a bad call. It shouldn't have happened. It was a missed call. It was a it was a mistake. But it did help the Lakers on this path. And again, full credit to the Lakers for taking advantage of that and blowing New Orleans out in the semis. Stein, I'm slow. I'm slow. And I probably shouldn't be acknowledging this or saying this, but I'm going to say it because this is this league uncut. Stein, I'm slow. I'm listening to you and you, you're saying this is exactly what the NBA wanted, you know, one single game elimination knockout scenario. When you said that, Stein, I've came to the realization. I understood now. That's why they played that LL Cool J song. Mama said, "Knock you out." The knockout round. That's why. I never knew exactly why it was you that. Rem- don't you no. remember? I thought you remember my big rant when we got the news that the league had convinced LL Cool J to do a freshened up version of Mama Said Knock You Out. And I thought that was a great idea. But what bothered me so much was that was the anthem. That is the NBA's official anthem for the in-season tournament. But because there are 60 group games, only seven games in this tournament can you actually get knocked out. That was my issue. Like, the song is awesome. But... Got you. Like... Yeah. And you, only, you've, you've seen this week when there when there when when there is a knockout, we've seen great, we've seen great stuff. You know, the indie crowd was great when the Pacers beat the Celtics, and then obviously that was, you know, Pacers Bucks went went all the way down to the wire. I mean, that that's what we want. That's that's the the novelty and the newness here because Nothing in the NBA is single elimination, nor, you know, obviously in the playoffs, there shouldn't be single elimination. I remember being a kid and, you know, in the first round of the playoffs, they used to have the mini series, which was two out of three. And that was considered too short. And then we had three out of five in the first round and they even did away with that. And I think there are some people who do miss the playoffs when the first round was just best of five. But obviously now in the playoffs, it's best of seven all four rounds. So if the playoffs are going to be best of seven, all four rounds, let's make the in-season tournament. Let's have even more single elimination games. Let's get crazy. Yeah. I, yeah that, I'm, I'm down for that. 
I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, I, I'm just slow. So I just had to, had to admit that I'm slow. It makes sense now. Well, it was a bold admission because, yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense. You know, I've been uh, I've been harping on that one, but I I think it also just proves that you're not you're not reading that I'll listen to you're not you, reading that you're not reading my Substack as closely oh, as, you, as you like to tell people. <laughs> I on the other hold hand, on, hold on, I got a question for you, Stein. First of all, I do read. Second of all, I got, I got this. this I'm, let me ask you this: Would you rather I read all of your work? Or would you rather I subscribe and pay for a subscription? You pick one, Stein. Oh, I'd much rather you pay for the subscription. Okay, thank you. All right, because I, I do pay. But my, my check is there. The difference is, is a- last night when Chris Haynes posts a story for Bleacher Report about some post-game tensions in the Bucks locker room, I click on it instantly and read every single word of it. I do, I do the same as – well – most of the time, I do. It's reciprocated. Most no, it's of the time fine. I'll, I'll, all I want, all I want, is the sub. It's fine. <laughs> you got that. The check, so let's, the let's check talk, is always let, in the mail. Let's talk about your buck story. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't want to. I don't want to make a huge deal of it unless you tell me I should. But I. I mean, I do think it's worrisome. Now, look, the Bucks. Even after losing the semis to Indiana, they woke up on this Friday at fifteen and seven. They've got the second best record in the East. They've been, you know, very good lately when Dame's been in the lineup. So, I mean, it's, you know, it it would be overstatement to suggest that there's some kind of crisis going on, but there has just been, you know, 
Adrian Griffin is basically a quarter of the way through his first season with the Bucks, And it, there's been a lot. I mean, it's been, you know, Terry Stotts leaves the coaching staff before the regular season even starts. You reported how various Bucks players went to Adrian Griffin, lobbied him to reinstate more of last season's drop coverage schemes on defense, and the Bucks did that. There was the game against Boston recently where Giannis did not look thrilled about being taken out of the game, and there was some back and forth between Giannis and the rookie coach, and now this story that you reported last night, and I should probably let you expound on what you actually reported instead of assuming that everyone read it as closely as me. Well, if you look at the game, um, look at how it ended. It was it was a collapse on the offensive end. You really didn't see any structure. You didn't see any plays being called, and it definitely were, were not executed. So I went, you know, I'm waiting by the Bucks locker room, and I just, I noticed, you know, it's taking a little bit more time than usual to, to get out. And, you know, usually when that's the case, you know, okay, something might be going on. And, uh, you know, I got word, you know, numerous people. I got word that Adrian Griffin went in and, you know, he, he started harping on rebounding on their lack of aggressiveness and losing the rebounding battle. And, you know, Bobby Portis, I heard, interrupted and was like, nah, we got to, you know, we, we got to have more structural offense. We got to have more sets called. You need to call more sets to, to get us, you know, running the right offensive sets. We, we're out there not, not doing anything. We're just going. And, you know, there's one play that sticks out the last two minutes of the game where – where uh, Giannis inbounds the ball, but he inbounds it to he he inbounded it to Chris Middleton. Damian Little was coming over to bring the ball up, but Chris Middleton kept the ball to bring up the bring it up the court, and he motioned for Dame to go opposite. So Dame goes. You could tell Dame is a little bit confused. So Dame goes, and then Chris once he passes half court, he starts looking for Dame, and Bruce Brown is just hovering Dame. And, and Chris throws it, and Bruce Brown picks it off, and Dame stops him from scoring, but nobody got back, and Buddy Hill was able to get the offensive rebound and put it back in. And so there was a couple of plays just down the stretch where they, there was really no plays called. They were just they just going freely. And so uh, you what you have to understand, not you, Stein, but I'm talking about what people have to understand about the Bucks is that they're in win-now mode. You know, the stakes are high, and – Yes, Adrian Griffin is a rookie head coach. Yes, there's going to be there's going to take time. But you know, this is the situation. This is it. There you know, there's pressure. There's immense pressure. Players feel it. And their record is good, Stein. For 15 and 6, you said, or 15 and 7. Uh really they have a good record, but they haven't been winning games by large margins. You know, a lot of these games have gone, you know, have been going down the stretch and they're they're closing based off of their talent. Dame has heroic plays or Giannis has heroic plays or Chris Middleton lately. You know, they continue to struggle in the first half. They they start games off slowly. They're always like finding their way back, 
you know, climbing out of large deficits. Like, so they haven't been playing good. Um, you know, so the, the standings can be misleading. So um, I, I think what it was, you know, with Bob, look, and so in, in my report as well, excuse me, you know, Bobby Porter's harped on that. And then Adrian Griffin, I was told, was like, you know, I can take that criticism. I, I'll accept that. I'll, I'll embrace that. So, you know, Griffin has been receptive to listening to his players to hear what they have to say. And he's changed some things because of it. Uh, but Bobby Porter, you have to remember, he's one of the leaders of the team, one of the vocal leaders of the team. You know, he he has used respect in that locker room and around the league. So if anybody's going to say something or if anybody sees something, you know, he's well within his right to do so. And so, you know, not only did he challenge Griff, but he challenged the, the players to be able to execute. And so, uh, but yeah, uh, n- n- nothing to get too big off of. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't jump over a cliff if I'm a Bucks fan. But, you know, I think what it points to is just the urgency that that players feel about having, you know, trying to get this season right and trying to make the most of it, even though they're only in December. Well, I think it's something we're going to have to keep our eye on because it's just, again, there have been, I mean, there have just been a slew of these kind of stories, headlines, however you want to term it, since mid-October. And it's a lot for a rookie coach to have to deal with. Again, like you said, because the Bucks are on that list of teams that they are judged by championship or bust. If the Bucks don't win a championship this season, uh, obviously, I think we all remember Giannis at the podium last year taking issue with that kind of championship or bus talk, but that is the reality. That is the way that the bucks are going to be analyzed by the outside world, especially when you make a trade for someone as good and as accomplished as Dame Lillard. So, I mean, I think, I think that is, that is one of the early stories of the season that, you know, how is Adrian Griffin as a rookie coach adapting to this, high pressure situation. Cause there have been last night's story from you was not the first let's shift gears now and focus on the absolutely splashiest morning after headlines because Zion Williamson put under the microscope, like never before after new Orleans got absolutely trounced by the Lakers in Thursday night's semifinal. And you know, this worked out, for the Pelicans in precisely completely opposite fashion to what they were hoping. Of course, Zion Williamson has never played in a playoff game in the NBA. He hasn't even played in a play-in game in the NBA. So this was the foremost stage he has ever been on since leaving Duke and coming to the NBA. And this game was, you know, the Pelicans against the Lakers, the two teams who were at the heart of the Anthony Davis trade. And, you know, this was probably the, you know, the most, uh, the most, the game with the most stakes between these teams since the Anthony Davis trade. And, you know, New Orleans had so impressively gone to Sacramento and won in Sacramento to book their spot among the four teams in Vegas. And then Zion Williamson just absolutely punchless in this game. LeBron James guarded him, sagged off him. Nothing went right for Zion. And after the game, just an absolute torrent of criticism sent Zion's way. And we're going to take a listen to some of it. We're going to start with, this was Charles Barkley 
on the TNT post game show talking about Zion and his own career and repeating challenges that Barkley has issued to Zion in the past, but both both Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal were really critical of Zion. And then we have another clip from J.J. Redick right after that. J.J. Redick, of course, he's an ESPN analyst now, but J.J. Redick played with Zion Williamson in New Orleans. So really interesting and must-listen stuff to me to hear Charles Barkley and J.J. Redick analyze Zion Williamson in this manner. The thing that disturbs me is he's not a young kid. When Moses told me I was fat and lazy, I was a rookie. He's been in the league long enough. He's got two guys in his team that are better players than him, and they shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. He all. should be. He was the number one pick in the draft. He should be a better player than Ingram. We like Ingram, obviously. We love CJ. He should be the best player, and he's not even close. Number one, he's got to get in shape. I've told you, I've been very disappointed. He's averaging six rebounds a game. He's only had two double-doubles all season. Man, if my grandma was alive, she used to call me after every game I didn't get double-figure rebound and, and just kill me. A big guy that talented should never get less than 10 rebounds. He should be averaging 11, 12 rebounds a game. Easily. But he doesn't run the floor at all. I was disappointed, and and overall, I've been I've been disappointed in Zion this season. And and look, we can certainly point to counting stats and say he's having a fine season. Um, but you can be in the building, you can watch on TV, you can be courtside, and you can see he's not in shape. He's still not in shape despite yeah. everything that he's gone through, despite numerous conversations with legends of the game about being in shape. He gets called out on national television once or twice a year for, uh, for, uh, for this thing, this very thing. And earlier this season, he had a press conference where he was talking about trying to buy into what the team wanted. And the reality is Zion Williamson has not bought into his own career yet. And that is disappointing. So this game that was supposed to be this huge opportunity for Zion Williamson to really on a significant stage show us what he's got and it just turns out disastrous and you know that i i do wonder though if this actually somehow becomes a blessing for the pelicans because the organization's attempts to urge zion williamson to get in better shape to take better care of his body to address these things I mean, Charles Barkley has told the story so many times, and it's such an important story in NBA history when Charles talks about Moses Malone, the legendary Moses Malone, getting on a very young Charles Barkley in Philadelphia and basically telling him the way you take care of yourself is unacceptable. You've got to change to succeed in the NBA. The Pelicans, as an, as an organization, they've tried to convey this message to Zion Williamson in a variety of different ways over the past few seasons. It's never worked. And, you know, let's see now, let's see if such widespread, loud public criticism has a different impact on Zion Williamson. Cause I have to think from his perspective, it's one thing to hear it from guys like you or me. It's a whole different thing to hear Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, and a former teammate like J.J. Reddick speaks so pointedly. Stein, I was talking to my, well, FaceTime and my youngest daughter. She's 11 years old. 
uh, as we were FaceTime and I had my laptop on and I was listening to uh, people criticizing Zion Williamson, basically saying he has to get in better shape. And just all the things that, you you know, what J.J. alluded to, what Charles Barkley, Shaq and others ha- have said. Right. So it was like this compilation I was I was listening to. And my daughter heard it. And, you know, Stein, we live in a different era. Things that we were able to say, the terms we were able to use, uh, the words we were able to say back then was nothing. But you use those words, those same words, those same phrases now. And it's something really negative in today's world. So I'm saying this to say this. So she's talking to me, but I'm not really knowing she's picking up on what they're saying about Zion. And she said, Dad, are they fat shaming Zion? I said, <laughs> I said, what? Say, like, how are they gonna tell him he needs to lose weight and and get in better shape? Maybe he's happy. You know how he is. <laughs> and so stop. So I didn't I didn't know how to start. I didn't know how to explain. I, I didn't know how to explain this. Because I get in trouble because I have a, a daughter who is just turned 20. And she is like, she'll always correct me on like the proper terms, what you can use and can't not use, like according to the this new generation. And and so uh, I told my daughter, my le- my youngest ones, we, we talked about Zion. I was like, well, I said, baby, um, like, you know, there's just a a level of, um, I guess there's a level of fitness in being a professional athlete that you're supposed to uphold, especially if you're like a player that's the face of a franchise. And she didn't get it. She was like, it still doesn't matter, like. She was like, he made it there like that. Why is he being fat shamed? And I couldn't tell her it wasn't fat shaming. Well, I, I can't say I couldn't tell her. I just didn't want to go down that road. I didn't want to have an argument because you can't argue with the youngsters nowadays. So why did I bring that up, Stein? I just brought it up because you brought up Zion and, and this. But really, Stein, my personal opinion, my personal critique is he has to get better. However way he needs to get better, um uh, is up to him, but he has to be able to play 35 plus minutes and be able to do it consistently and be able to do it um and, and be able to do it and play to his best. And in order to play to your best, you have to be in good physical shape. Now, I will say this: good physical shape as far as your stamina. Maybe he can still have that same physique. Maybe he can still have that same body stature. Maybe he can still be the same weight. I don't know. Um, most people that, that most people are saying he needs to lose weight. I'm not gonna go out there and say that, but he needs to be able to play 35 minutes and, and do it and dominate. And so, however way he needs to get to it, that's what needs to happen. Or else, there's gonna be more of this. And Stein with this in-season tournament. This gave him a platform, just like it gave the Pacers a platform to see how special this team is. The Pelicans had that same opportunity, but it worked in the opposite uh, for them. And, 
You know, it can either make you or break you. Right now, it broke Zion, but he has a chance to pick up the pieces and get it back together. But he's going to have to do so because people are paying attention now. And yeah, that's and one look, thing I like about this in-season tournament. I Look, it's not comfortable to talk about, and he is his potential is so ridiculously high. And that's, I think, what disappoints people. They want, you know, they they want to see him play to his maximum ability or something close to it because, you know, we've seen peak Zion can be a destructive force. But, I mean, he, he's not rebounding either. You know, I mean, it's he's he they need they just need they need more from him to go somewhere. They've got a lot of interesting good players on that team and, and a lot of good complimentary players, but you know, you need your star twosome to function well. And, you know, this week, even in, even in the quarters when they beat Sacramento, you know, Zion had a very quiet game. So, you know, when it's, when it's fellow pros and you know, Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal, who have been in that same position as Zion as face of the franchise, when they say it, I mean, there's no way people are going to tune it out. It's going to be discussed and it's going to be talked about. And, you know, we'll see what kind of response now we get, because I'm sure this in-season tournament trip to Vegas was not a memorable and pleasant one for Zion and the Pelicans. Yeah, and and it speaks... It speaks volumes coming from Shaq and Chuck because those guys know that they had to get in better shape to be able to play their best. And so they're speaking from experience and somebody that's prop that's gone through uh what Zion is going through right now. And so uh I, I still I like again, you know, Chuck and sometimes Shaq, but Chuck a lot of times gets a bad rap for being too hard on players. I really do think that it's been constructive criticism thus far. You know, they're speaking from a place of experience of going through what Zion is going through now. So hopefully Zion takes heed and, and, be able, and he's able to take his game to the next level. However way he needs to do it. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go, let's get into something that it's a topic both you and I have been interested in. I actually saw you on NBA TV today asking D'Angelo Russell about this because there is the question, and we don't have clarity yet, What? how will the team that wins the in-season tournament celebrate? On one hand, you've got the Pacers. They've won three ABA championships, but they've never won an NBA title. They went to the NBA Finals once, famously in 2000. They played the Shaq and Kobe Lakers, lost that Finals in six. They you know, have won a division here and there. Uh, you know, they, they have, they won the conference in 2000. Obviously they were Eastern conference champions. If you make the NBA finals, but the Pacers don't have a building full of banners. The feeling I think is that if the Pacers win this thing on Saturday night, they will hang a banner and it is, it is not definitive. I actually spoke to Rick Carlisle today and asked him that very question. And he said, that for me to ask him such a thing right before the championship game, he said, Stein, that is a karmically flawed question. I'm not going <laughs> to answer it. But, uh, you know, he left me with the strong impression that, yes, if the Pacers can win this thing, they're going to make a big deal about it. Then on the flip side, you've got the Lakers. The Lakers do not hang banners when they win conference championships. They do not hang banners when they win the Pacific division, they only hang banners when they win it all. They've got 17 titles tied with Boston. And I discovered that we've both reported separately. We didn't realize that we were doing this, but I think both you and I have reported that the official word we're getting is the Lakers have made no determination yet one way or the other, what they're going to do. But I think the expectation is that, an in-season tournament championship is not enough for them. Because even LeBron, you saw him post-game with your colleague, Ali LaForce, and LeBron played so great against the Pelicans. I mean, he was the best player on the court at almost 39, but he told Ali he's not going to get too out of control happy because it's only December. So that's my long-winded way of saying, what do you think happens if the Pacers win it all or the Lakers win the IST? Pacers are putting up a banner for sure. You know what? I, I think this is my feeling. And this is I have no sourcing on it whatsoever. I haven't spoken to anybody on it uh, aside from getting the message from the Lakers that they haven't made a decision. But this is what I think. I think a team like the Lakers or Celtics might feel obligated to do so at some point. Because I think this is going to be something that gets bigger, right? I think this is going to be something that's going to continue. It, it is going to be a big thing. Um, it has yet to register to me yet, Stein, because, you know, I'm not into the the soccer culture and I don't understand, you know, the different cups and tournaments, you know what I mean? But 
if this becomes ingrained, you know, this is this is this tournament is going to speak to the younger generation coming up who are going to come up watching this. If this really is becomes not equal, but pretty close behind winning a Larry O'Brien trophy. I, I can see the Lakers saying, you know what, this is going to be here to stay, even though we don't feel the significance of it now. We might want to throw something up there. Or maybe they can wait, Stein. The Lakers, this that's that's what I would do. If I'm the Lakers or the Celtics and I win the first or the second in-season tournament, I'm going to make a banner, but I'm going to just hold it, put it in the closet, leave it in storage. Let's see how big this thing is. <laughs> then about a tenth year, if this thing is huge, go ahead and throw up that banner from, from eight, nine years ago. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm in the other camp. Every team should hang a banner for this. And the reason is, you know, the league came up with this. Adam Silver has wanted this for ages for really two main reasons. You know, there's the business reason, of course, the one that they don't like to admit, but the one we all understand that if this thing goes well, and by all accounts, people don't grade it as hard as I have, so I think the reviews have been more positive than negative, the league would love to sell the in-season tournament as a separate TV package to a media rights partner down the road. That's what it's hoping to do on the business side. But on the competitive side, Adam Silver, and this is the part he does take from soccer. He's always said, "We, we this is a league where there's one winner and 29 losers because unless you win the Larry O'Brien trophy, you're a failure. And the thing he did really want to take from soccer is let's create a second trophy opportunity that teams are excited to chase because there are teams in the league that when they win a division, they hang a banner because they're not the Lakers and they're not the Celtics and they don't have 17 championship banners. So to certain franchises winning the division or winning the conference, that's, that is banner worthy. And the, you know, basically what I'm really looking forward to Saturday before the game, Adam Silver is going to have a press conference and I hope someone asked the question I hope someone asks what is the league's stance on banners. And even as I talk, as I say this out loud and start thinking about it, Adam will probably say something along the lines of, we don't want to be in position of telling our teams what to do. But my gut instinct is the league office wants to see everyone, whoever wins this thing, hang a banner and treat it like a big deal because the league's goal here, and you know, you can't say they're there yet in year one, but the league's goal here is that this is the second most valuable prize you, a team can win. The league wants this to be bigger than a division title or even a conference title. That The league is hoping to establish this as the number two prize for teams in the NBA. So to me, if the Lakers won it and didn't hang a banner, that's a slap in the face to the league. Well, remember, look what you said, Stein. You said the league is hoping this becomes the second most significant award during the regular season. Hoping, hoping, hoping. What if it isn't? What if it doesn't make it um, to sustainability? So then the Lakers are, or the Pacers, they're just they're stuck with an in-season tournament that doesn't uh, in-season tournament banner that doesn't exist anymore. I guess. You know what it is? I I just I can't see it going away now. Like I I don't think so either. I, I don't th think so either. I think the, I don't think so either. Like 
again, I think I've been as critical of this thing as anyone. And, and, you know, all of my, almost all of my criticisms are based on group play and counting these regular season games twice. And the fact that the in-season tournament is not separate enough, but I think I'm in the minority. I think this has generated many more fans than foes in year one. And the fact that LeBron has taken it so seriously in year one has certainly helped it. So I, I guess I'm just, I'm kind of skipping steps here and operating under the premise that I think, I think it's here. I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I, I believe so too. I still will tell the Lakers, make the banner, believe it in storage. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's wait. Let's wait to see what, well, you know what? It's gonna to be, what happens. You're right. Cause I, again, now that, I, you know, someone is going to ask Adam Silver and he's probably going to say, we don't want to tell teams what to do. And if the league does not compel teams to hang a banner for this, maybe the Lakers won't. Maybe the Lakers will do exactly what you said and take a wait and see approach. Yeah. Take a wait and see approach. Stein, before we get out of here, Stein, have you ever, and producer Ryan, feel free to chime in. We don't let producer Ryan chime in enough. He has a lot to say. He's putting out but, too many fires to chime in. We had so many <laughs> errors, gaffes, controversies. He's, I, the man is busy. Stein, you know, it's I what I experienced yesterday was the equivalent to me of experiencing. Is it called the solar eclipse? Is that what it's called? Where 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 the what it, the the Earth, um. How, how does what the earth um, rotates at, around the sun, moon, or something? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what is it, producer Ryan? It blocks out the sun. It blocks out the sun. Yeah, it blocks out the sun. And it's like you only see it that one time. I've never seen it before. But what I experienced last night is the equivalent of that. So, producer Ryan and Stein. Have you ever been in a high-riser hotel like I am right now? I'm in a high-riser hotel to Aria. And you just hear a loud thump out the window. Uh, you hear a loud thump. 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 Have y'all heard that? No, Never? No, go I don't that. know where you're going with this. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you where I'm going. <laughs> so all the time, I, every time I'm in high-risers, I hear a, a, a loud thump at the window. Thump. Thump, like every now and then, like probably three or four times a day. So y'all need to pay attention. So those thumps are birds hitting the glass window because they don't see the glass window. And I always, for years, I'm 42, I've never actually seen the bird hit the window. I finally saw the bird hit the window and drop all the way down. To the, to the to the road i saw it finally after all those thumps i heard all these years i finally just happened to be looking out my window and i seen a bird going straight for the glass it was like the glass like 10 feet away from my my building it was just going straight and i'm like what this bird doing where's this bird going it kept going fast it didn't slow down and boom and it just slid down the rest, rest of the glass window onto the ground. And that was your solar eclipse. That was my solar. I finally saw it after years of hearing that. So y'all never heard a thump when you had a high when you had a high riser hotel glass windows 
You've never heard those thumps at the window. Yeah, no, I had. I mean, I I just experienced similar during a stay at uh, JW Marriott LA Live right across the street from the building formerly known as Staples Center. But I did not deem it podcast worthy. I did not. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was a story that would that would be good for the pod. See, so Stein, that's <laughs> because you only heard it. You didn't see it. You didn't see it. No, that's now true you got to see that's it. That's true, too. I did not, I did not Stein, actually see the bird. I am looking at this bird, and it is speeding and not slowing down. Could you, identify, like, could you identify what kind of bird it was? It was It was like a black crow. It was like some type of black crow. It was a black bird. But it was speeding. It was not slowing down. I'm like, doesn't it see this building, this glass? And I'm like, hold on. Is this going to be? Splat! And just slid all the way down. Who knows? Maybe now we're going to get some bird watching traffic on this pod <laughs> instead of just NBA listeners. Hey, we're here for everybody. I, I just know that I just know there are people out there that hear those thumps. And there, there's some people like producer Ryan who didn't actually know what that thump was. That's what the thump was. It was birds that they think. They don't. They don't see the window. They think it. They, they they think it's a clear shot to get wherever they're trying to get, until they get where they're at. Producer and Ryan. Producer Ryan doesn't get to go to any hotels because his full time job is keeping this pod glued together and troubleshooting all of our messes. So he yeah. He, we can't even remember the last time he was in a hotel. Yeah, he listens to us go splat. That's that's what he does. Yeah, and then <laughs> and he up. cleans it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, on that note, that is going to do it for this edition of This League Uncut. The next time we are with you, Chris Haynes will be back from Vegas with certainly more stories, a notebook full of stories from the NBA and who knows what else he'll he'll see and experience (laughs) on the strip. I'm coming your way, Stein. Don't forget about that. But at least he won't be in Vegas any longer by the next time we speak. And so my jealousy factor will have declined significantly. And yes, Tuesday night, Lakers at Dallas. Chris Haynes on the sidelines for TNT. Wearing some fresh new gear for sure for the national TV audience. And I will be in the building critiquing his every move. It'll be our first time in the same place since July, almost basically five months since he and I were together. So definitely looking forward to that Lakers-Mavs game and what sort of mayhem ensues. And we're working on a special guest next week as well. Don't want to jinx it, but I think we're going to have a very high-profile NBA newsmaker join us as well. So we got lots of good stuff on the way. Please remember, as always, rate, review, Subscribe to This League Uncut via Spotify or Apple Pods or wherever you get your pods. And Chris and I will be back with you again very, very soon. Enjoy the IST final, everyone. And that'll do it for us. See you next time. This League Uncut is an iHeartRadio production. Boom shakalaka! Chris Haynes and Mark Stein.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.